We're going to kick it back to the sanctuary. Back to you, Pastor Shu. Wow. Yeah, so that you guys hear the point is that we all have a mission. And part of that mission is to serve in the body. All right? And so we'll talk a little bit more about that as we talk and preach. Hallelujah. So, Father, we give you praise. Flow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. Your love surrounds Come on, help me. Overflow. Overflow in this place Fill our hearts with your love Your love surrounds us You're the reason You're the reason we came To encounter your love Your love surrounds Overflow Overflow flood this place with light, flood this place with life and revelation and truth and insight. God, that you would give us wisdom and understanding, that you would empower us, God, that you would invigorate us, oh God, that you would refresh us, that you would restore us and renew us, Father. Holy Spirit, we say, have your way. We surrender our members, God. I surrender my thinking, my mind, my tongue. We surrender our hearts and our ears. God, that you might speak and do way beyond we can expect or even imagine. God, that you would pour out a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of your son, Jesus, that you would enlighten our eyes. We pray this in the name of Jesus and God, that you would do only what you can do, that you would give sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, that you would give singing to the mute, dancing to the lame, that you would even raise the dead in this place. And certainly we give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, 
Amen and amen. Well, it's good to be back. I didn't think I would be back so quickly. Uh, uh, but it's good to be back. And uh, we're in this I Will Be series. And really it's a series of commissioning. That God has given us gifts and talents that he wants us to use for his kingdom. How many everyone in this place, everyone in this building has a, a unique gift and a un- unique talent that God wants you to, uh, to put in play for the kingdom? I'm just, I'm trying to see if y'all with me. Like, me? I've got a gift? I got a talent? Me? Yes, you have a gift and a talent that God wants to use. And last week, Doug encouraged us and opened this series in the book of Joshua. And after all that Joshua had seen and experienced, at the end of Joshua chapter 24, after all he experienced, Joshua makes a statement and he's talking to the children of Israel and he really says, hey, are you going to serve the gods that were beyond the river? He's talking about the gods of Egypt or the gods of the people that we, and the land that we dwell in or are you gonna serve the living God? And he says, I don't care what you do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. After all that he had seen and heard and experienced, Joshua comes to a conclusion. I don't know what you're going to do, but as for me and my house. After all I've seen and all I've experienced, I don't know what you're going to do, but as for me and my house, I've seen what God has done. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's a cool word. The word serve is this word, Hebrew word, abad. The little root word means to do or to make. In fact, you could actually make the case that, uh, that Joshua was saying, I'm just going to do the Lord. You know how some of us have the thing, I'm just going to do me? Joshua wasn't like, I'm just going to do me. Joshua was like, I'm just going to do the Lord. Not only does it have this idea of to do or to make, but the intense meaning is what Doug talked about last week. is this idea of being enslaved or to reduce to servitude. This service can be directed toward things or people or God. And it's interesting, the same word is used in the book of Exodus when, when the Lord tells Moses to go talk to Pharaoh. Uh, this is Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. He says, to let my people go that, that they might serve me. It's that same word, serve, to do. So my people can do the Lord that they can do my bidding. It's that same word or or this idea of of servitude. But here's the thing that I think is kind of unique here uh, because I think God had a problem with the service that happened in Egypt. The service that happened in Egypt was a reducing servitude. So the, the literal word means to reduce to servitude. In other words, to shrink you to servitude. But I don't think that God has a desire for you to be reduced in servitude. I think that God wants you to be enlarged in servitude. I don't know if y'all hear me this morning uh, because you're like, uh, you mean enlarged? You can get actually in, get enlarged in servitude? See, here's the truth that in, in Egypt, uh, Pharaoh's objective was to keep them under bondage or to keep them in restriction. 
So the enemy's objective is to, I mean, here's the reality. We are going to serve something. And either the thing that we serve is going to restrict us or it's going to enlarge us. Either it's going to keep us in bondage or it's going to bring freedom to us. And God looked and, and he saw that the children of Israel, uh, were, were, they were uh, crying out to him, Lord, come save us. And, and, and God responded to that cry because he saw that, that the enemy wanted them to be reduced when God wanted to enlarge them. Well, how do we know this? We know this because when God gives a promise to Abraham, he says, I'm going to make, I've got a promise for you, a good land for you. And my promise is that you would be increased, that you would enlarge, not to be reduced. Are you guys okay? So God had a problem. When the enemy wants to keep us in bondage, when he wants to enlarge us to freedom. And really, I do believe this. I believe this to my core uh, that the reality is, and this might be a hard word, but know that I love you. Y'all believe I love you? Is that if you cannot serve the Lord, then it's a reflection that you live under some kind of pharaoh, pharaoh type system. Not only, see, to serve, when you, when, you, when you read many translations, one translation may say to serve the Lord. Another one might say to worship the Lord. Another one might say to sacrifice to the Lord. And so God says, let my people go that they might worship me or that they might sacrifice to me or that they might serve me. And if you cannot serve or sacrifice or worship, then it's an indicator that the enemy has you in a kind of bondage. I know it's tight, but it's right. If you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> God wants his people to be let go that they might serve him because he wants them to experience freedom. Our inability to serve, worship, and sacrifice is an indicator that we are under some kind of bondage. And I don't believe that God wants you to be reduced. I believe that God wants you to be in enlarged. Enlarged in your worship, enlarged in your service, and enlarged in sacrifice. Because the reality is that we are enlarged in serving. It's an interesting thing. You read the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah in chapter 2, verse 5 says that, 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 that uh, God asked the question, he says, like, what wrong did I do to your fathers that they went after other gods? Or they went after uh, vain idols and themselves became vain. Or they went after worthless idols and themselves became worthless because God understands the thing that you serve, the thing that you sacrifice to, the thing that you worship, you become like. So when God says to the children of Israel, to to, to Pharaoh, let my people go because God didn't want them to look like Pharaoh. God wanted them to look like himself. You guys good with me? See, my service is an issue of my worship. Serving is a worship issue. And I love how uh, Pastor Wayne Stapleton says it. 
He says worship is a total life orientation, or when we come to Jesus, it's a total life reorientation. That complete worship is not merely the singing of songs and some dancing for some of us. I mean, some of us don't dance, some of us do dance, but you know, worship is not just singing and dancing. And I love to sing, I can't dance, I will try to dance, but. In fact, my wife and kids are like, please don't dance. But worship or complete worship is when we reorient our lives around something or someone. And in the kingdom of God, our lives should be oriented around the king and his mission. We align our lives, we position our lives around the king and his mission. That's real worship. It's when everything in your life changes and it lines up to the king and his mission. Worship or serving is an issue of worship. And so God says to, to, to Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they might worship me, that they might serve me, that they might sacrifice to me because he understands that we become like what we worship. We become like what we spend our time on. We become like what we spend our money on. I mean, you can tell what a person worships based on what they, their, 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 their bank account and their calendar. Amen. I'm sorry. Let me hide behind here. See, the kingdom of God, our lives should be oriented around the king and his mission. And, and uh, here's something that, I, that we need to understand, that the church isn't the mission. Okay. You, you, you know, here's one way that it happens. One way that the church becomes the mission for us is that we say, come to my church. And not that coming to church is bad. What? Well, what happens is that we want people to come in the building and then let Doug or G do the job of being the church. Right? So the church isn't a mission. The church has a mission. And the mission of the church is the same mission that, that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in, in the name of the Father and, and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've taught you. That's the mission. that every one of us, God has called us to. And even when I think about um, what God is asking us to do here specifically, you know how Bill Hybel says it. He says that the church is the hope of the world. And I believe that. But I don't think the church is this building. I believe the church are these people who are living out the mission of the king with the character of that king. Remember, God is a king of a kingdom, and every kingdom has a culture, right? And remember, the culture is based on the character of the king. 
so that when people experience you, they should be experiencing Jesus. All right? So in, in Acts, I believe it's chapter number four, um, uh, 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 after uh, John and, and Peter killed the man and um, the Pharisees and scribes are like telling that they can't talk about this Jesus no more. This is one thing that they said. They says, we perceive that these are unlearned men. They're not educated. In fact, the, the, actual, the actual Greek word means that these are idiots. So the Pharisees were like, we look, these guys are idiots. But we perceive that they've been with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Do you know that being with Jesus makes up all the difference? Being with Jesus makes up all the difference. And so we've got to create God's kingdom culture in this place and, and push it outside these doors because that's what we've been commissioned to do. See, the life of a believer is a, is a life lived set apart for the master's use. It's to be set apart or be consecrated. I, I love what one man calls it, calls it consecrated life. He, he, would, uh, he would take this sheet of paper and see that it's blank and he would go down at the bottom and then he would sign his name and then he would say, God, you fill in the rest. What's my assignment? What are you asking me to do? I'm set apart for your use. Before I even know what he wants me to do, I just simply sign and say, hey, Lord, my life belongs to you. That's the life of a believer. And even when you think about what we do in this place, Doug's job and my job, G's job, and the team, the staff's job is... Uh, to do Ephesians chapter number four. And the scripture says the God gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and, 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 and pastors and teachers that they might equo equip the saints for the work of ministry. Right? So I know it's kind of, we have to have like uh, paradigm shifts, right? Because in, in, in our mindset is that what, what, what Doug I was about to say Doug Flett. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what Doug does or Norfolk does or G does, uh, well, that's ministry. You know, we, we think that. Well, they're, they're in ministry. Or, you know, they're in full-time ministry. How many of us think that? Well, that's the wrong paradigm. Because Paul says that it's our job to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So in other words, that God has a work for each one of us to do. And here's the truth. The truth is, is that we can be saved on our way to heaven, but in bondage because we will not serve. Yeah. Someone once said that we're saved and not free. But when we can't release the gift and the talent that's on the inside of us, it's an indicator that Pharaoh has some kind of control. Amen. 
I know this is harder than you expected this morning. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not really sorry. Um, because my job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. It's to make you fully qualified to do the deed of serving. That's, that's really my job. To, to equip is to make you fully qualified. And for what? The deed of serving. And let me just say this. Um, and and I, I, I hope Doug didn't beat me up later. Uh, but I can run. He's still a little dizzy. So... Uh, <laughs> The goal is not to get you to serve here. The goal is to get you to serve out there. Right? Okay. But in order to get you to serve out there, we have to apprentice you in here. Right. Right. So, yeah. What's up, nephew? My nephew and my sister, my brother-in-law, and my niece. They're here from Rhode Island. So he was giving me the hey, uncle sign. <laughs> but I look at serving in here, serving in the parking lot. I look at serving as an usher or a greeter. I, I, I look at uh, being uh, someone who, who leads a small group uh, as kind of like doing your chores. Right? I mean... Who likes to come home and nobody's done their chores? It's just your responsibility. And, and why do we teach young people to, to do chores? So that we create a worth ethic that when they get outside of our home, they've learned to accept responsibility and serve out there because they learned how to serve in here. So it's to say, I want you to be fully qualified to the deed of serving. God has a mission for you. Go, go, go. But you got to learn here. And I believe that, that Joshua, Joshua had an apprenticeship. So before you ever get to, to uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, and he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua went under the apprenticeship, or, or he had a mentor, and his mentor's name was Moses. He had to learn some things from Moses that prepared him for, uh, for his ultimate call. Before, before uh, Joshua ever goes to Jericho and defeats Jericho, he had an apprenticeship. He had to learn some things. He was a mentor onto a mentee. And see, the reality is, listen, that service for Joshua did not reduce him. It enlarged him. I will be the one who is enlarged by serving. God enlarges you when you give of your time. God, how many, you know how many times we hear the story of someone who says, I volunteered in sore tutoring. And I thought I was going to be the one that was going to get, give something. But I discovered I was the one that received something. I would spend time with, 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 with young students and like, oh my goodness, what brilliance, what, 
And listen, for some of us, it wasn't even our expectation. But we gained. We were enlarged. Our imagination was enlarged about young people in the city. Ouch. I need to hide because y'all are giving me like looks like, don't go there. But God does something supernatural or miraculous when we give up our life. All of a sudden we think, well, I'm, I'm giving up my time. I'm losing something. No, we're giving up our time and we're gaining something. We're sowing up our life and we're gaining something. Jesus said it another way. He says, in order for a grain of seed to, to live, it must die. See, the kingdom is like, it's It's reverse. And then kingdom, uh, in order to be exalted, we humble ourselves. Well, serving is a humbling experience sometimes. But in the, the process of humility, God exalts us. He, he enlarges us. Are you guys with me? I will be the one enlarged by my service. To to hit Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. It's probably one of my, one of my favorite verses. And it says, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as to a friend. And it says, when Moses turned again to the camp, to the camp his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Okay, let me break this down. Okay, so what would happen is that Moses would go to what they would call the tent of meeting. He would go and have a meeting with God. The old saints said, would say, you need, you need a meeting with God. You need to go meet with God. Go meet with God. And so Moses, would, he would go and he would spend time meeting with God face to face, but Moses didn't go alone. He brought his assistant with him. And so Moses would, would leave, uh, leave the tent of meeting and go back to the camp, but Joshua, the son of Nun, the Bible says a young man would not depart. This is a part of his, his apprenticeship. Moses is teaching him, you have to spend time with God. What makes you effective is not your gift and your talent. What makes you effective is your time with the Lord. See, here's the reality. Anybody can sing a song. Anybody can preach a message. Anybody can greet out a door. Anybody can walk in a parking lot. But can you preach or sing and let people encounter Jesus because you've been spending time with him? It makes us all the difference. Sometimes you may say, you're asking a question, you know, I, I feel different when, when someone, you know, when I'm around this person, I don't, don't, I don't know why. I, I, there's something unique or different about this person. I don't know what it is. Well, uh, it's not because they just got a great personality. It's because Joshua learned from Moses to spend time with the Lord. See, I believe that it's not my gift and my talent that, that gets people free. 
The scripture says it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And my job is to be close enough to him that when people see me, they're like, man, there's residue on him. I think he's been with Jesus. See, you can't be with Jesus and be reduced. Now, you'll suffer some seasons of purging. Yeah. There will be some times of, uh, of trial and tribulation. There will be some times of suffering. But when you're with Jesus, you're enlarged. In fact, that's his promise. See, the promise of the enemy, John 10, 10 says, the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. In other words, he comes that you might be reduced, reduced in his servitude. But Jesus says, but I have come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. In other words, increased or enlarged in your servitude. See, I believe that when, when Joshua spent that FaceTime and, and accompanied Moses uh, in the tent of meeting, uh, Joshua's perspective was enlarged. His thinking shifted. His understanding was different. You guys remember the story, uh, Numbers chapter 13, it's the children of Israel, God sending them to spy out the land of promise. You all remember that story? And so what God does, he says, listen, I've got this land for you. And he says to Moses, I need you to get, uh, uh, I need you to get um, 12 elders uh, of their house and I need you to send them out into the promised land and so that you might see uh, that it's a land that flows with milk and honey, that you might see uh, what kind of walls they have there. And, and so basically he was like, you're, you're sent on a, 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 on a spy mission. No, now, what I find really interesting about this is that he asked for heads of house, uh, heads of, or elders of house from each tribe, but the scripture says Joshua was a young man. So 11 of the spies that went out were older men, but Joshua was a young man. Because Joshua spent time with the Lord that when he went and they surveyed the land, he had a different perspective about what was in the land and how capable they were. Exodus chapter 17, don't turn there. I've got 10 minutes, maybe five. It's the story of Moses sending uh, Joshua to fight the, the Amalekites. And God sends them there, and it's the story that as Moses is on the mountain and his hands were up, lifted in prayer, that they were winning. And when they got tired, they were losing. And so Aaron and Hur got on the side of each arm and, and held up his hands. And it's symbolic that as leaders, as we pray, that victory shows up. When we pray, victory shows up. And Joshua understood the effect of Moses' prayer that when Moses prayed for him, he became victorious. So he had a different perspective. Why? Because he was under the tutelage of someone. Amen. 
His service allowed him to be enlarged. It changed his perspective. And so they go in and they spout the land. They're there for 40 days. And they come back and like, oh my goodness, this land is just phenomenal. In fact, it took two men to carry the grapes from that land. Like, I mean, you know, it was plentiful. And they come back and they say, indeed, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. But 10 of the 12 said, but there's a problem. The sons of Anak are there, or the Nephilim, the giants live there. And we are grasshoppers in their eyes, and so uh, are we in our own. Are you seeing that they're not serving made their perspective reduced, but Joshua's serving enlarged his perspective. Joe's so like, listen, I'm not believing y'all's report. I spent time on the mountain with Moses and it's changed my perspective. I've watched how Moses prayed and, and victory showed up. I, I, I watched him and, and, and Joshua spending time with Moses made a difference. See, when you serve and, and you volunteer your time, the prayers that you're serving and growing, the prayers that you're serving and being enlarged and your perspective is changing. You're starting to see God in the way he really is. Big and awesome. That's right. And so now your thinking changes and, and you experience hardship or, or you see giants and you don't, you're not, you're not, you're, your heart isn't fainted because your heart's not fainting because of the giants because you see how big God is. Something happens. We, we're enlarged when we serve. I will be the one who is enlarged in serving. It changes everything. Joshua says, I'm a man that lives on mission. Why? Because I've been spending time with the one who gives mission. My life is a life on mission. And it's not about how much I can get. It's not about how much I want. It's about, Lord, what do you want for my life? And I trust that when I give you my life, you will enlarge me. See, I believe it this way. Once God gets your heart, he has everything you have. When he gets your heart, you know, sometimes we like to compartmentalize things. Well, God, you can have my time, but you can't have my money. Or we say, well, God, you can have my money, but you can't have my time. But once God gets your heart, he gets it all. And when he gets it all, you're enlarged. You're not reduced in serving. God's not taking from you in serving. I said it once, I'll say it again, that God has more for you than he wants from you. God has more he wants for you than he wants from you. And all we do is simply present our lives. Be the one who is enlarged and serving. And so whether you're a Moses 
or whether you're Joshua, you're serving. And I tend to believe that, uh, and really, probably about a year and a half, two, maybe two years ago, uh, the Lord just kept saying to me, there are Joshua's among you. You know what we tend to do is we think, to think that when someone moves on that, what are we going to do now? You ever had that moment? What are we going to do now? Well, it's Joshua chapter number one. Joshua chapter number one. It's not on the screen. God says to, to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. And I think Joshua's like, duh. But it was the moment that God commissioned. He commissioned Joshua. He says, and as I was with Moses, I will be with you. So what our heart is, is uh, uh, I done messed this up. I was supposed to do this a long time ago. But you may have gotten a card when you came in this door. And the card was asking you some questions. One of the questions is, what's, what day of worship will be your regular day of worship? Will it be Saturday evening or Sunday morning? Let us know. And not only what day will be your regular day of worship, but who will you invite to that Sunday? How many of that's living your life on a mission? Anybody ever been afraid to tell somebody about Jesus? <laughs> the culture that we live in makes it difficult. But it's our mission. It's the ultimate act of serving. It's to come and get into a filthy and a dirty world and say, my life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to my maker. And in that way, we model the same mission that Jesus had. He says, my life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to my father. So we're going to ask you, if you have a card, if you haven't filled out a card, where were you, where were, where were you worship? We're going to ask you. Listen, we want every person in this building to volunteer one hour a week to help a, a young person read. How many know that would change the trajectory of many lives? Y'all real quiet on the brother. The Bible says that God is imploring through us the ministry of reconciliation. He's begging, he's pleading through us. Go out and serve. Go out and help. Go out and wait tables. Go, 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 go. Don't just come and sit, sit, sit. Go, 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 go. Because in your going, you are enlarged. God is adding to you in your going. He's building you in your going. He's empowering you in your going. Numbers chapter 27, the scripture says that Moses, God says to Moses, Moses, go lay your hands on Joshua in whom the spirit lives. That as we serve, we receive impartation to be empowered. 
So will that be you? Why don't you sin? Listen, we are enlarged in the commission. God is adding to you in the commission. He wants to build you in the commission. And listen, I want you to hear my heart. This is not a beat you up. This is to push you out. Uh, this is not to, to beat you up. See, th there is a belief that we can be invitational and challenging, and we need a challenge to go. We need to reverse the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule says that 20% 20, 20 of the people do 80% of the work. Not so here. Not so here. Okay, what? what time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Yeah. I'm going to say that one more time. If you call Grace home or you're a regular attender, you should be serving. That's just it. It's just like doing your chores. It's just come do your chores so that you can be equipped to go where God's called you. Let's pray. Father, I just, I thank you. I don't want folks to feel beat up, but Lord, I just want them encouraged to, to go after what you have for them. And so Holy Spirit, we say come. We say come. God, that there are places in our hearts that we have not given you access to. And indicators of those things are our time and our money. God, will you give us the courage to follow you? Well, there are those in this building that are Moseses, that are those that can mentor young men and young women. God, would you speak to them that they may obey your nudge? God, that there are young people that aren't here that are Joshua's. God, give them the courage to ask the question, will you mentor me? So that they are enlarged in their serving. Lord, that we would give our time that you would do immeasurably more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. That you would blow our minds with your favor and your faithfulness. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, yeah. So you guys know that we pray before you get here and the prayer team has prayed and they said there's a, a, a sense that there's a need for some humility. Maybe that goes along with this and a willingness to be broken, to throw off the false self. And so maybe that's you. Uh, maybe you need some other kind of prayer. The altars are open. There will be some uh, prayer service here to, to serve you. God bless you. Have a super Sunday. Mm -hmm.